Welcome to the Belief Midlife Bulimia podcast with guest Jacqueline Schwan. To the listeners, I am Lorianne, the host of Belief Midlife Bulimia, and I just wanted to give a little bit of an intro to this podcast that we're having with Jacqueline. I do want you to understand that Jacqueline has chosen to say that she is not ready to overcome bulimia. I will say that I do understand that. I had been through that, having gone through it for 30 years. So for bulimics that are listening to this, we understand that there's a point sometimes where uh, some of you feel that it is something you're not ready to let go of. And yet it is also something that is concealing other things. Uh, Jacqueline speaks to her feelings of, you know, not feeling good about herself. But this message is when it comes to wanting to recover, the way is possible out of this and absolutely out of this and never going back again. But the only way you get there is first. Number one is for yourself to want to do that. Hi, everyone. I am Lorianne. I am the host of Bleep Midlife Bulimia. And today, my guest is Jacqueline Schwan, and she is a registered nurse. She's also been struggling with bulimia for 15 years. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. So we're going to start with a question. Tell us a little bit about your journey as a bulimic. Okay. Um, it started as a young mom, 19, 20 years old. Um, married very young, um, a lot of fighting with my husband, um, who, who did more, you know, who contributed the most. Um, one of my insecurities was always my weight and being post baby body is never helpful. So that is usually how we would end our fights with um, the derogatory comments on my weight. So that was from him to you. Yeah, that kind of sparked it. So from there, how did you get into the bulimia? Was it something that you'd heard about? And do you have, do you remember how this all transpired? Getting into um, yeah, um, I started using laxatives, and I thought the weight was coming off fast if I exercised and used them, and it just became into a terrible habit. So... From there, I know that I was reading your bio and you were saying that you were working opposite shifts as well to your husband. We didn't see each other that often. And I would think that that also puts a stress on the hours of work and doing shift work and such. Yep, definitely. Yeah. And having a, a newborn or, you know, a one-year-old. Trying to juggle everything all together. Yep. So from there, where does it go? So I know that you have two children. Mm-hmm. Um, my first husband and I were married about six years. Um, it, I think we were just trying to do the right thing, you know, do right by our kids and our families. And I think 
we could both agree that it was inevitable that we would end up separating. Um, we just weren't meant to be, you know, um, we didn't know how to be. We were too young. So now the kids are 15 and 12. So a lot of, you know, 10 years have passed since we've been divorced and we've got a great relationship now. You know, I'd never blame him for the fighting because of course I'm just as guilty as his physical insecurities. I call him out on his. His happened to be that he was very thin and could not gain weight, but he also had a heart condition that wouldn't allow it. So opposite, but I was just as mean, I think. Do you think that a part of it was the eating disorder that caused the moods? Like, did you feel that? Uh, I don't think it was as intense in our marriage as it's grown. Um, I'm definitely moody, <laughs> but I think just as I went on, um, yeah, it, it wasn't as bad when we were still married okay. and then you're single and, you know, thin and attractive and, or so you think. <laughs> so that would have been uh, quite the juggle to be the single mom for a little while there and being out there trying to, uh, to make it in this world. And you also, like you were taking, you also got your registered nursing uh, yep. while you were married as well. Um, we filed for divorce my last semester. So that was challenging and then to work and yeah, it was just very stressful, but he was still very kind. I still, it was strange. We lived together. We filed for divorce in January and lived together until May. And so I could finish school. Um, even after that, it was very strange to not go home. So I would still end up over there every lunch break. And it was, it was a strange dynamic. People still think that it's weird, but it works. I think that's great. I think it's great for the children too. When, yep. when you can get along. So from there, you are now remarried and you were telling me that your husband is aware of the fact that you are uh, bulimic. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, so he found out, he never caught on to it. Um, we were probably together for maybe a year, maybe not even, probably not even because I don't even think we dated for a year. <laughs> Um, we were out with some friends and I get a little emotional when I drink. And so that was brought up and my husband wasn't catching on. Um, so finally took my best friend to look him straight in the face and said, do you understand what is even going on here? He had no clue. And he was just dumbfounded when it all came out. Um, See, we got married in 2017 and it was 2019. So that I went to treatment. So he, he dealt with it. He, you know, saw the very low lowest and still continues to, um, he doesn't know how to be supportive or 
you know what to say. And I always say, I don't know what I want you to say, but it's probably not the right thing anyways. So it's, it's not worth fighting over anymore. So he's there supporting you. However, he, in the best he way can. he can. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He is. He's very loving, very affectionate. Um, probably too loving and affectionate. And, and he knows that. Um, if he tries to bring anything up health wise, you know, I try to turn it around, sweep it under the rug and obviously change the subject. And I know he probably feels like he walks on eggshells around me, especially with my moods. Um, I can't imagine it's very easy to be my husband or my child, really. That's what I was going to ask now. So your children obviously are aware of this because you said you did go for treatment. I would imagine they know. Yeah, it was um, very scary for them. And when I did relapse, they knew. Um, they could tell. And a lot of times, and I know this is, is kids, um, if we'd argue, they, their big comeback would be because I'm sick, you know, and that was always their excuse. When they were younger, it was always, you know, you shouldn't have divorced my dad or I'm mad at you for divorcing my dad. And now they get angry with me because I'm sick. I don't blame them. I'm tired all the time. You know, I spend my weekends on the couch. It's very hard for me to motivate to go anywhere. Um, and when I do, I just feel like it's a victory if I even shower. So they, you know, they see it too. So how does that work? So I would, I mean, you're, you're working and mm -hmm. I'd imagine that's, uh, that's tough too, because being a nurse, I know the, you know, the hours and of course what you're doing as well, working with the, the, uh, you said, I know you, you had a cute little nickname for yourself because you work with elderly people. I <laughs> the poop queen and the toenail so yeah I said you're not in healthcare if you don't discuss the bowels or someone does daily so so all pretty sorry so is it that you like when you get back from work when you're at home that's when you're when you're tired and you you're, you lack your energy yep yep um I know this week has been tough I've I've not slept well, um, so I think I've been a little more unease or uneasy, I should say. Uh, everybody's driving me nuts. Uh, there's been a couple late days to work. Today was one. I took a shower, and I just I had no strength to get ready. So I laid there, and I was sick and sweating and throwing up, and I made it but later than I wished I would have. So. So I know also what you wrote to me was that you're not ready to give it up. No. What are your thoughts about that? I mean, I know that there's, there's certain fear factor I would imagine to continuing on and yet not wanting to, is there anything that goes through your mind at those times? Uh, I know for the very quick time that um, 
like I said, I don't actually think I can say I was ever truly in recovery because I was still finding um, milder behaviors, if that makes sense. I know how good I felt. I felt so good. You know, um, I know how sick I feel now. I know how weak I am now. And that's just not enough to draw me away from it. And I, I don't understand why. But I do miss feeling good. So how often do you feel, I mean, that's a tough question, but do you feel good more often than you feel bad? No. No, I feel sick more days than, than good. Good. And at this time, are you getting, are, are you going through any sort of therapy? That's not at all. So you're doing this on your own. Yeah. So that's interesting. I know that uh, with us communicating, it's been fun. I mean, you send me some pictures at times of, you know, looking forward to the summer with, you know, your, your classic, you'd like the classic look. And yep. uh, so in my life. <laughs> do you have like on do you have your up days and your down days where you're super excited and happy and then other days you're not or is it um yeah I definitely have good days better days um where I feel motivated and more energized I should say I never feel like I want to go climb mountains or you know do a marathon but um those are good days. And then I have days where I'm just, there's just nothing there. You know, I just want to shut down and hide from people. Yeah. Cause I, I don't have the energy. So in regards to, uh, having the desire, do you like, do you see any, do you, I mean, you were saying you felt better when you were in the you know, whatever, I guess, quasi recovery. Mm -hmm. uh, do you ever feel like, I, I would imagine there's part of you that does want to recover. Then there's the other side that you're not ready to let go of the bulimia. No, that's kind of how I feel, you know, and then I fear the weight gain and um, yeah, I'm not, I think even though from the outside looking in, I think I would probably appear normal if I would just gain some weight, you know, or healthy. Um, I am, I'm not built for my weight that I'm at. Um, I, I know I would benefit from it, but I'm not ready to, I'm like fearful of putting it on too fast. So I'm trying to be more mindful with my eating. Um, I still find myself restricting which is something that I'm really, really, really trying not to do just because I said, I don't want another diagnosis now um, to add on to this. So I'd imagine, I think one of the things I know, cause I mean, I struggled with it for 30 years and I don't have any restricting anymore. Cause like you said, that was one of the things because they became trigger foods, whatever mm -hmm. I restricted if I went on to, you know, I mean, like I said, if I tried one chip, I'd end up eating the whole bag. Like yeah. there, there was no in between. It wasn't oh. like one or two. It's all of it or nothing. Yep. So, uh, so that I is. Pour 
out, you know, in serving sizes. And like I said, I counted calories every, you know, down to every last calorie I took. So it's not so much about the calories that I'm focusing on right now. It's just having a healthy intake. And I wish that there was a simple food diary out there that could log your food, but it didn't need to have like the, the fitness involved, you know, or so how did you work out today? Well, I don't work out anymore. <laughs> I just want to keep a basic food diary with the nutrients that I've taken in. And because I'll make up a serving size, I'll weigh, um, you know, I'll weigh my snacks, weigh the meat, um, you know, just anything for a serving size. And I think that I have to stick with that when in all reality, I could probably add, you know, two or three more servings to it because I don't meet the needs that I probably should for an intake. But, but I don't want that either, you know, because I'm, I'm used to scooping up very heavy plates for my husband and my kids and I could do the same, but that's when it would start. So. That's a tough one. I don't know. Have you thought, and just a question, have you thought of pursuing a therapy if there was something that came out or are you just saying, no, I'm tired of all this having been, you know, cause you did have to go in right as a, for for recovery and then you came out actually two years ago today oh wow yeah um i have tried there's not a whole lot for eating disorders in south dakota um not many specialists i did find one who i did a couple televisits with um, about three hours away here and i liked her but at that point i feel like I was doing it more for my family than I was for, so I just, I mean, it felt fake, you know, so I could report back to my mom or my husband, how it went and how I felt. And I was not investing myself into it like I should have. Yeah. Which is very true. Cause you've got to do it for yourself. That's uh, that's a big thing. That's with anything. You're not doing it for yourself. So you're, your own personal view of yourself though. I mean, obviously that's a big part of this bulimia too, because you don't want to gain the weight and mm -hmm. want to be that pretty slim person that you like. Do you think there's anything underlying that though? Cause I mean, you were saying that you do feel like you were feeling pretty and slim. So obviously you do feel that way. You know what I'm saying? Is that, is there, or, or do you like, is that just, I don't anymore. I, I don't, um, I'm at the lowest weight I've ever been at. I mean, I, I'm over 30 pounds less than I was when I discharged from, from rehab two years ago. Um, I feel like I have the body of a 80 year old woman. I need to be careful with my ages, you know? <laughs> um, my skin just hangs and it is very unappealing. Um, and then, but I have this obsession with bones and my features, you know, like I want to see my eye sockets and my cheekbones and my collarbones and even as bad as my fingers look to me, that is satisfying. But when I do get more into the body checking, it's 
this hangs and that hangs and that's when there's nothing attractive about that you know so you put yourself under the microscope ultimately yes what you do which is not uncommon so yeah this is a tough one i mean that's one of the things i know and even any like i've seen bulimics they're they're just perfectly fine but when they look in the mirror they're going to see everything that nobody else sees yeah that's that's bad about them and i always think though that there's something below that surface and it's to find that and i think that's where sometimes therapy can help in locating what it is that's you know causing those i know it, it, it can start with feeling you know fat or people have been bullied but i know that it goes beyond that i don't know if you're at all like me but i know that you know quite often when i was bulimic i would if i got upset or whatever i would turn to food for my emotions mm -hmm. do you tend to do that do you feel you do that at all or is it a different feeling you know i don't think that i've really truly been a binge eater um i know that i felt more hungry you know in in rehab and um you could always ask we did exchanges some programs do tallies you could always have like one more exchange for each meal. And I was always too embarrassed to ask, but I was still hungry and I actually felt hungry um, because I wasn't eliminating it right away. And then the refeeding process of the swelling and just the pain of that was so horrible the first week of being there, I actually left against medical advice <laughs> four days into it. Um, I got stuck in Fargo due to a blizzard and I went back the next morning. So they said that if anything, I should probably find some cognitive behavioral therapy, but I'm just not open enough to it. And I don't know why, I have no rhyme or reason. I just don't. That's interesting. Did, would you even think about the concept of even reading about it without even that? Yeah, I've tried. And it's still nothing. doesn't do anything no. for you at this time. So you really are not at that point where you really want, you want to get better, but you really don't want to. No, I feel good. Yeah. But at my size, you know, Okay, maybe a few pounds heavier, but um, I know I have no control over it. Um, and that's tough. And I can put the weight on, you know, uh, especially with refeeding, you can gain 20 pounds in three days, you know, in fluid because your body is finally saying thank you for, you know, hydrating me. And I, I cannot deal with that. I physically cannot deal with that yet. Not saying it's totally, you know, Yeah. but I know right now with not being able to fully purge every day with, without increasing my usage, I don't feel satisfied at the end of the day. I don't feel empty. And I always thought if I just felt empty at the end of the day, it was a good day. Yeah. And 
I don't anymore, but I don't want to make it worse. That fear of going back. Mm -hmm. Wow. I really appreciate you sharing this because I know that there's a lot of people who have bulimia that they they don't want to. There's a whole part of that. It's a big part of bulimia is hiding it. And, yep. Um, I'm, I, like I've told you, I'm an open book. Um, I mean, everybody that I work with, they knew where I went and they're aware of it. Um, I think when I first came back, I think every, every morsel of food was watched being put in my mouth. And um, no, I'm, I've always said I'm not ashamed of my story. I just don't owe it to everybody. Yeah. But you ask about it. And um, at one point, people thought that maybe I was on drugs, just the way I was losing weight. So that's pretty difficult when you're in my profession <laughs> to be accused or asked about that. So um, that was also one way to clear it up. But yeah, I'm honest about it. Well, I really hope you find it in yourself, literally, to want to recover. Uh, and I know it's a difficult thing. And, you, and, and that's that you can say whatever you want. Like, you know, well, what about your children? Or what about your husband? What are your parents and all the people around you? But like you said, it has to come from you. It doesn't, people can say whatever they want. It's not going to go there. And, and that stigma sticks around for a while. I mean, I've been 10 years recovered. And you know, there's still some people when you're eating, they're watching you, waiting for you to go to the wash and that stigma stays with you. Definitely. Uh, which is, which is frustrating. Uh, but I will say that I'm so grateful that I did decide that this was, you know, that was the, I, I'm done. And uh, I do want to send to the listeners though too, is that recovery doesn't necessarily mean gaining weight though. I mean, you can get to the point where I think that there's, I know in my case, my body has, you know, I know when I'm full, I know when I'm not going to eat anymore. I, I'm a little bit heavier than I was when I was, you know, full-fledged bulimia, but I'm also less than at the very end of my bulimia before I recovered. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's, it's not a, a said fact. So I'm just trying to say to the listeners that that's something that I, I wish that the fear would go away because there is a way to maintain a proper weight without being afraid of food either over time but it takes time to get there and you have to want to yep and you know when i when i left rehab i had a goal to maintain the weight that i was supposed to be at or you know should be healthy my bmi is so ridiculous there's like a 40 pound difference in what's healthy which i hate going off of bmi um but it's it's just it's a very um forgiving number. Um, so I could be 10 pounds heavier than I am now and be healthy or 55 pounds heavier and, and be healthy. Um, I, I think I'm, I've come to terms that I'm okay, that my body is starting to slow it down on its own. I just need to be mindful with eating. I do. I love junk food. I'm a fast foodie. Um, Last night, I had no desire to cook. I tried a menu prep, and it um, just wasn't happening, so we door-dashed McDonald's. You know, I didn't feel guilty about eating that. 
Um, I don't feel guilty when I eat now. I just know I need to make better choices and be proportionate. Do you say that your, your binge is pretty well daily though? Or not the binging, the purging, because you said you don't really binge, but you yeah. do purging. I don't think that I could probably ever be a true binger. You know, I mean, we've all had our days where we'll sit down and we start with, you know, a candy bar and you're like, okay, well, <laughs> this wrecked it. So I'm just going to finish it off. Um, or there's days where you just eat very healthy. I don't, when I see these groups on Facebook that the binging does not, um, it doesn't apply to me. I, you know, I don't sit for an hour and intake 6,000 calories and then go purge it. Um, but I, I purge daily. It doesn't matter what I eat. Yeah. So I don't think binging, um, I, I, but I do feel more hungry now. And like I said, it's kind of confusing because I can eat. And then an hour later, I'm feeling almost ravenous. But I'm sure it's just my body hanging on to it and needing more. Yeah. It's talking to you, but you don't want to hear it. I know. But I, you know, I do have healthy foods. That they don't always sound the greatest. But I really appreciate that. And still to this day, how are your, your children as they get older? Is there, are they learning to deal with it? Cause it's been, I guess a, a couple of years now that they've known about it. Is there, a, have they adjusted in any way or is it still just the daily fear for them? Um, I think they're used to it. They'll still say something about it. You know, um, I don't actively make myself vomit. It just happens. Okay. Um, a lot of times middle of the night, early mornings, um, I've noticed if I get up and start moving too fast, that's when it will hit. And so there's a lot of mornings will, where they hear that, um, not so much anymore. Um, I sleep next to a bucket, which is really attractive <laughs> for my poor husband. Um, They'll, yeah, they'll still make comments and I, I worry about them as well when they're weighing themselves because this could just as much go their way. Um, I think my oldest son is built like with my genetics, you know, we're, we're built bigger. We have a bigger bone structure. And then um, his dad, their dad, I should say, is smaller which my youngest, I think, is built like him. I worry because they're so opposite in, in what they're built like and saying the wrong thing. Um, my, my oldest sent me a snap yesterday when he got up to show me his big boobs. <laughs> um. So yes, it's more than likely a joke, but how far could that possibly go? You yeah. know, particularly these days too, because it is becoming more common with, with boys and men, men as well, the bulimia, which is sad. Cause I mean, I remember when I started, you could 
barely find. And granted, you know, there's a lot of guys, if they did have it, they wouldn't talk about it. But I do know that it has increased definitely with there's more and more pressure of guys looking a certain way. It's interesting that you spoke to that opposites because one of the young ladies I had on here who did struggle with bulimia, she's now recovered, but she had a sister who was petite and she had more the other side of the family because there are two different types of body sizes. And she felt that she couldn't compete with her sister's looks. And that's the other thing too, is that we do that. We compete all the time with, you know, that's the better look instead of realizing this is just a different look. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I hope it, it turns into that. You know, my oldest is very athletic, you know, so he needs that. Um, my youngest isn't. Um, he's not underweight. He's just smaller. Um, my brother <laughs> uh, just lost 60 pounds, and he looks amazing, and I'm so proud of him. Um, I'm so mad that he got the good nose. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I think it's just being brother and sister. I never, you know, compared myself physically with them, but we've always been built bigger. Um, I was, I, you know, I can honestly say with him and his weight loss and uh, my mom had asked me at one point, you know, if, if I think that he's maybe taken it a little too far, if she would see him, his, his eyes were maybe a little bit circled and, I know I had a fear that maybe I gave him ideas and maybe it's not totally healthy what he's doing. Um, I don't have that fear. I think that he was just really, really motivated. And I don't think he felt well anymore being at his weight and he looks great and I'm very proud of him. Um, I know that whenever somebody starts losing weight, I, I think I just automatically go there, you know, as far as I'm having an eating disorder. I've noticed with other women that I work with that have had significant body changes and it breaks my heart, you know, cause nobody's ever gonna talk me out of it. I'm not gonna talk anybody else out of it, you know? Yeah. That's so, the other thing too, is you knowing how you feel, you know how the other ones do too. And you're, yeah. If somebody does reach out, though, it's nice to be there for them. That's definitely one thing I, I missed out on. And uh, no disrespect to my ex-husband. He, I don't think that he knew really how. But I did ask him at one time, can you come with me to my, um, to my therapist? And he declined. And I took that me personally as, oh, you don't want to support me in getting better. And, you know, so you, you overthink it. And then we you can't love me that much then. And of course I'm hard to love and all those things that go through your head with it. But uh, I think it was just more not understanding. And, uh, but it, it is important when you do come to that, to have one. And it's great that your husband is there that uh, I know that, you know, that day that he, you say, Hey, you know, yeah, I want help today. Um, he'd be there for you. That's really important. He's pretty good. So, <clears throat> It is kind of funny that you mentioned that, um, any doctor's appointments, follow-ups, if I'm going to bring somebody, it's always my mom. Um, she'll, she'll speak it how she sees it. Um, two Christmases ago, I was out there 
and I was just cold and tired and maybe I didn't eat as much as I should have. And then I laid by the heat register for the remainder of the time that I was there. Um, but that next Monday, I got a call from the clinic that I went to saying that, well, I think it's probably time for some lab work. And in our town, we can actually go to the lab and just order basic and pay for it out of pocket and have it done. And I said, no, I just did it last week. I checked it. Well, my mom had made the call, which was what we had all agreed on, that if anybody sees me backsliding, you know, to call. And I graduated nursing school with this nurse, too. And she said, I can't lie to you. She goes, your mom called. She thinks that that was the last Christmas that she would ever have with you. So pretty heartbreaking. Um, but as much as as upsetting as it is when she maybe gets a little too honest and starts bringing up things to the doctor that she won't to me, it's kind of like, Oh, surprise. Um, but Wade, my husband would never do that. You know, he would just kind of sit there and roll with it. He would never, he wouldn't bring stuff up. So I, I bring my mom because I know that she'll say more, she'll admit to more for me. So. Oh, that's interesting. The brutal truth type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting because you're right too, because even when you go in and you're, you're as wanting to go in um, and the doctors ask questions quite often as a bulimic, I remember I wouldn't say absolutely everything. I would give as much as I needed to give and I would admit to it. But yeah, there were certain things that I just didn't go beyond. But uh, I didn't, I didn't have my mother. I don't, uh, she never understood it. And she, I don't think that she wanted to because it was easier not to know what was going on. So it's nice that you do have a mother though, that's there. Uh, not to put, you know, any negatives on my mother. It was just the way she was, but it's nice when you do have a mother that cares that much to be able to be that way. So kudos to her. I really appreciate this again, Jacqueline, for you taking your time and, and speaking out there. Do you have anything to say to the listeners that you want to share before we go? Um, well, thank you for having me. When I bring up these groups that I see on Facebook, um, I go back and forth if I should get rid of them because I don't know if they're triggering to me. Numbers don't trigger me like as far as weights go. Um, but like I told you, I, br I didn't, I brought up the laxatives earlier. I don't like it when people publicly announce what their behaviors are to, to induce these disorders. Cause I feel like you're just giving other people new ideas. Um, but when somebody asks and I don't always, you know, comment, um, just try again tomorrow, you know? when they're so angry and guilty, you know, guilty, you just try again tomorrow. That's all I do. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. I remember uh, just quickly when I went to my first, uh, well, it was OA, but there were a lot of bulimics there as well, overuse anonymous and we were kind of together. And 
think I went to one. I know I went to one. I don't know if I went made it to the second one because I came out feeling so bad. And like you were saying, the triggers, it kind of said that because there was so much negativity. And that's why I have, you know, there is that one group that I started and I'm, I don't mind if people ask for suggestions because I know that there are people who are asking, I mean, the heart's racing. Is this normal? Is this normal? And that's fair. But like you said, I wouldn't want somebody to say, oh, I'm doing this and this is how I do it. That wouldn't be my my side of it. And also to try and keep it as positive as possible. I think when you, you know, there's going to be the negatives to it, but it's nice when you see the, you know, the ones that are positive and the ones that are also, uh, even the comments, when the comments come back and the positive is really important for that. Because, yeah, the last thing you want is another trigger to be added to, to all the other stuff. I've definitely have come to the conclusion that everybody with disordered eating um, wants to be the sickest. I, I think that it's a competition. Oh, wow. uh, the people I've met, the things that I've watched, the things that I've read, I think there's always somebody that wants to be more sick than you. And I don't know why, I just think it's a com you know, a competition with each other that, oh, well, I'm in this spot in my life and then somebody will always have it worse, but feel better about it because I don't know if it makes them feel stronger or I don't know. I just, I think everybody with it will compete with the next one. That's interesting. I will say I did not feel like that because I heard some stories about some other bulimics and how severe it could get. And I was always grateful that mine was not as bad as that and prayed that it would never get that bad. Um, you know, so, uh, but that's an interesting observation. I, uh, I thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks again. I will thank you. Go. appreciate your time, Jacqueline. Not a problem. Thank you. Take care. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to visit me at bleepbulimia.com.